Hey, this is LOA Today, the Law of Attraction show. Welcome to LOA Today, Walt Thiessen and Joel Elston here. It is Thursday, January 26, 2017, and we continue our ongoing discussion of the book Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. We are currently on Chapter 7. We covered uh, the first part of Chapter 7 last week, and uh, this week we're going to try to continue with it because there's a lot of good content in this chapter, Joel. And, I mean, there was no way we could cover it all in one show. That would, that would have been impossible. <laughs> well, yeah, and, and the, the, the beauty of, of the book, it, it, it is seamless that you can pick it up, and it, it, we don't lose anything, but it, it's important. Uh, all the chapters are important, but Chapter 7 has some, some stuff that is very relevant to what we're trying to get across to our audience. Very much so. And, in fact, um, one of the things that uh, comes up next uh, well, there was a section that we're kind of skipping over, which is all the reasons why leadership can fail. Personally, I don't think we should spend a lot of time on that, so I'm, I'm just skipping right past it. But the next section is, is a subtitle of Some Fertile Fields in Which New Leadership Will Be Required. Now, he's writing, of course, in the 1930s, and he's basically trying to tease the... Um, the memory and the uh, the juices, the creative juices of potential entrepreneurs who are reading his book. Because at that time, there was a great need, of course, to pull the country out of depression. And there was a great need for a, a number of different technologies to start to grow, which they did in the 40s and 50s in particular. Um, so that, that's what he was trying to accomplish. The thing that I think is particularly there, – there are two things that I think that are particularly uh, interesting and relevant to us today – First is his second point, which is the banking business is undergoing a reform. Now, does that sound familiar or what? <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, it's like you know, history repeating itself all over again. And then the second thing uh, is actually his third point. He says, industry calls for new leaders. The old type of leaders thought and moved in terms of dividends instead of thinking and moving in terms of human equations. Is that a, a description of industry today? I mean, everything today is about the short-term quick profit. And very little thought is given anymore to what it takes to have a productive, ongoing, loyal workforce and what what kind of commitment companies have to make to their workforces. So once again, touching on a topic that is very relevant to today. Well, and, and you know, the, the old saying history, all it does is there's no new history. It just keeps just repeating, keep repeating itself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and there's different names. And, and, and the book sort of supports that because the, the issues of the day are pretty much the issues of today. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and that, that, it, that that's reinforcing that, that it remains relevant. When you first read some of the stuff, you're thinking, well, this is antiquated. But as you're saying, when you really step back and – and you know the the cutting edge technology then is obviously much different than the cutting edge technology today, but the concepts are the same. And and what what's available? One of the one of the things, and I, I think it was Warren Buffett along the way had said something that uh, you, you know focusing on on business and what we do, and and you know he, he was commenting on AT and T, and he mentioned that AT and T made a crucial error. In his in their undertakings as time went on, technically AT and T no longer exists. Right, uh, a, a company bought them and they use that name now. But uh, AT and T went away 
because they forgot they were a communications company, and that's what uh, Warren Buffett said. They, they 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 somehow thought they were a long distance company for a long time, and and that's just a, a product within the, the the realm of what they're supposed to be doing. They let all the the internet stuff and and you know a lot of the they forgot they were a communication company they 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 fought the advances they they've tried to protect long distance like that would be a thing forever go ask your children or grandkids what is long distance that's that's where you that's where you talk to somebody over the internet who's in china exactly and (laughs) and so the idea that people would pay on their phone to talk to somebody in california is baffling to them when i when i could as you say i could skype or or facetime or and and not even have to it's just simple stuff but it's like grandpa's next door that the grandkids can talk to so uh forgetting they were a you know a a communications company is really important i think that in chapter seven sort of reminds me of that concept that everything remains the same uh, it's just us reminding and reminding ourselves what are we trying to do. We get stuck on things. I, I, I had an incredible time this week with a client of mine that uh, one of my recommendations to everyone along the way is to read uh, Think and Grow Rich. And he was one of these people that was just adamant about, well, I, I won't do that or I won't do a vision board or I won't do these things or I won't write down, you know, I won't do the 20 steps or questions and and because it doesn't work for me. And I go, well, clearly it doesn't work for you because you aren't doing it. it it's, it's, <laughs> and, and, and doesn't well, it suck when reality hits you in the face? Well, yeah, <laughs> it, it really does. And, and I, I find it amazing that everyone, everyone on the planet that, that if you can really find your resistance and where, where you're, where you're pushing by almost inevitably, I don't always want to say guaranteed every time, but almost inevitably, where you feel pushback or where you're uncomfortable is where you need to fo- focus most of your energy. And it, it's what breaks through. And, and this guy was an entrepreneur and he was, de- let me rephrase that. He wanted to be an entrepreneur and he was uh, uh, in, a, in a field that, that you know, he, he was trying to compete against a, a lot of foreign overseas people are doing it, and, and, and it's just they do it at a much lower rate. So he was desperate, and he kept trying and trying, and he was losing clients, and he became more desperate, and he offered more specials, and that seemed to run away the, the clients even more because they started picking up on his desperate mindset. Mm-hmm. And, and he wasn't able to pay the bills, and all this was happening. And, I, and, I, and, and one of my suggestions was, well, if you, need a, if you need money, you need to get a job. Well, the concept of him abandoning his, his mission just seemed foreign to him. He just he, – he couldn't hear that. He couldn't hear that. And uh, I, I said, well, you know, I'm not saying that you, you have to do a job forever, but at some point you, you need to get a job. And, and you got to have some income, and this is not providing income. So – we, we battled back and forth on why uh, every week for about four weeks of why job wouldn't work for him. You know, it, it just it just makes no sense. And thinking grow rich came into his life and he started doing the step and, and, and he agreed. I, I'm going to fight through the steps that I have the most problem with. And he said along the way, says, well, I'm going to finally he came to the point. Well, I'm going to look for a job mainly just to pay the bills right now, but I'm not going to abandon. That's, that's exactly. He's not going to abandon his dream, but he wanted to look for something to you know, literally pay, buy groceries for next week. So he started the process, and he, he got very desperate. He would, after about five, 
filling out on lines and nobody calling back. He said, this isn't going to work. And I said, of course it isn't because you just said it isn't going to work. Now let's stop and start mm-hmm. over. So randomly, his wife worked at a company that uh, she was they, they had to sell one car, so they were down to a car and and he had to pick her pick her up. So he's waiting in the parking lot, and this is one of those things that happens to match the law of attraction. So he's waiting in the parking lot, literally reading, thinking, grow rich. Wow. A guy pulls up next to him in a, in a really nice car in a Tesla, one of the new Teslas, and walks over to him, and they start talking. He said, I, I read that same book. He said, it's what turned my life around. They began a conversation. Well, it turns out that this guy is a, a – really a, a big shot in one of the local companies, uh, that, an up-and-coming company. And he said, have you checked our job board? The guy was explaining the situation. End of the day, by the end of the conversation, the guy had a job, a good job. And it changed his perspective of everything. And the night he got the job that was going to pay the bills and, and everything was going to be fine, the next morning, two of his clients in his other business called him for additional work. He then, did, you know, so he isn't so desperate for the work. So he quoted his normal rate instead of the discounted rate, and he ended up getting twice the business from these people that he had ever gotten before. So everything turned around in an instant for him when his attitude turned around. It was amazing. Wow! You just watch it happen, that's and and, th- and and that's an example where literally Think and Grow Rich attracted another person that read Think and Grow Rich. Which is pretty wild when you think about Which it. Which is pretty wild, yeah. And and and, and to, to be in that position, but he, he didn't – he as he was saying, he never had the ability to express what he was looking for and desperately not looking for a job. He tried everything not to look for a job when in reality the job was going to – now he's, he's in an entirely different mindset. There's, there's room to buy into this company. There's stock options. Uh, he, he sees his life in an entirely different way than he ever had, had, had potentially saw it before. Because he was stuck on one course of action and he wasn't willing to follow through with the steps. And 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 that's just a little, you know, it, it's not specific to step seven, but it's, it's you know, or chapter seven, but it certainly is relevant to the, the how the law of attraction, uh, thinking grow rich, the concepts presented there actively work in a person's life. It's very exciting to me. There's a story that I read many years ago, um, which was supposedly about a um, 19th century department store owner named John Wanamaker. And I have since tried to investigate the story because I wanted to find the roots of it. And I realized that the way the story was told to me didn't match what I was able to find about Wanamaker's life. So I'm not really sure who this story is about. But the story itself is a good one anyway. So let me tell you the story. It's the story of an immigrant. Of course, there were lots of immigrants who came over looking for you know, their, their fortune, for, looking for a, a new future, a new uh, era of hope by coming to America. And when he arrived, he had, oh, some tiny amount of money in his pocket, like 32 cents or something like that. And that was it. That's all he had to his name. Didn't have a job, didn't have any friends, any family, had no social support network or nothing. But he arrived here with, a, with an idea. He said, I know how I'm going to make money. Because when he got to New York City, as is still true today, there were neighborhoods. And, and those neighborhoods often focused on certain kinds of trades or certain kinds of, uh, 
of activities and so forth. It's not quite what it used to be, but uh, even as recently as 20 or 30 years ago, New York was very heavily oriented toward, like, you know, the garment district or, you know, the various districts in town. Well, at that time, there was one district that, for lack of a better term, I'll call it the sewing district. I'm sure it didn't really have that. It was probably part of what became the garment district. But um, he went to that area and bought a bunch of sewing materials, um, needles, threads, bob- bobbins for, well, actually it was before the um, sewing machines, so not bobbins, but, but various materials for, for sewing. And put, the, put them together into kits and then decided to go door to door selling his sewing kits. And he, he tried to do it for quite some time and couldn't get anybody to buy his sewing kits because as it turned out, the kit that he had put together was more expensive than what they could get in their local general store. And the more he tried to sell it, the more it didn't work. He finally had to give the whole thing up as a dead loss, which was devastating to him. That was all, that was everything he had. But he had to give it up as a loss because there was no way out of it. But he did learn a lesson from it. And the lesson he learned was, I will never go into business again without knowing first what it is my customers want to buy from me. And that lesson alone turned his entire fortunes around. Now, now the story I remember was that it was John Wanamaker who then went on to build his store. Having investigated Wanamaker's background, I find that the the dates and so forth don't match up with the story, so it can't have been Wanamaker. But it was somebody who, according to the storyteller, did turn his life around and did become very famous. Maybe I just remember the story wrong. Maybe it's not Wanamaker, but... Regardless, it's a great story because it illustrates you got to be willing to admit that what that this dream you have isn't fitting reality if you want to actually get somewhere. Right. And and that that's I, I in a lot of people often get confused with not giving up as opposed to not giving up on a certain course of action. And and that that's that's the hard part. And I think. Uh, the, you know, for, for many, you get so stuck on things that you, you, I, I know, and I can speak solely for me, I, you, you get stuck on something that, that you can't see, you know, the, the, the answer that lies clearly in front of you. And, and, and that's, that's a, the perfect example of, of knowing, knowing what's out there and, if, if what do the people really want? What are you trying to do? What you know? Learn what the market is. If, if you you can create a market, you can you know the, the the idea a long time ago. I remember when I first heard about Google. I remember what what there were there were search engines before Google. Oh yeah, and, and you know it's like well, what, why is Google any? It's just another search engine. Doesn't matter, and and then now Google dominates. I, I, you know, it, it's become a verb. You know, oh, yeah. uh, it, 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 so the the idea that it, it, it is a thing, uh, and it is the thing, and it's a, it's worth a fortune, uh, started out with with eh, you know, it, it's just a search engine. And, and interestingly and, enough, yeah, I'm I'm glad you mentioned Google because what Google did was they actually did find out that what people needed because at the time right. there were search engines. But they were horrible. I mean, you could do a search for, I don't know, make something up, for John Wanamaker. And you, you'd get a bunch of, of plumbers back because right. the SEO folks had learned how to game all the search engines. Well, Google came up with a way of defeating that. And all of a sudden, all their search results were relevant. So right. now they were like a thousand times better than Yahoo, which was the leading search engine at the time. 
And and you know, and that that is where you know it's ironic that Yahoo had the opportunity to buy uh, Google in its infancy. Yeah, yeah. For for hardly anything, they've had they actually had three opportunities and they passed on each one, and uh, it, it 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 ended up. You know, I, I imagine that that they they probably go to bed at night saying, "Wow, wow, what did <laughs> we do?" Uh, but but it, it it you know it is. What do people want? What do people need? And and that's the, that's the beauty of what we're trying to. You know, and still keep the by keeping focused on the the overall mission. What is the overall mission? What is your purpose? Not what is one specific course of action. And, and at least in my life, that has been one of the bigger things that I figured out. Uh, that that I you know I and I use it a little differently. I I do a di- lot of addiction work, um, and my specific addiction that I'm a specialty in for personal reasons is is the gambling addiction. Well. It's a serious addiction, but it's not near as widespread as alcohol and drugs. So if I want to remain adamant about only working with compulsive gamblers in Richmond, Virginia, I'm not going to have a really full caseload. But if I apply some of my other techniques I learned along the way toward other areas, if I really want to work in addiction, I have an unlimited amount of caseload, you know, an unlimited amount of clients. Absolutely. And it, and and so you know the the fact that I I I understand my mission is why I'm able to be successful at it versus being stuck on that one course of action, and and I I, I just I don't know why that's so relevant to me this morning, but that is a message that I've seen happen time and time again this week, and once people overcome that, and I think it dovetails right into the you know sort of chapter seven understanding it all, looking at it all, breaking it down. Right, because, I mean, last week we, we talked about the first part of the chapter, which was about creating what he calls the mastermind, uh, a concept which has developed over the years and been adopted by all kinds of self-help gurus. I mean, the, the mastermind is a very powerful concept because it basically says put multiple minds under the same problem, working, pulling in the same direction, and you produce results that the single individual can't do all by himself. And it's true. You, I mean, when you have multiple perspectives coming in to solve the same problem and they're they're all basically trying to pull in the same direction, amazing things can happen. Well, that, that's how the, the chapter starts. And then it gets into all this other stuff about the differences between effective leadership and ineffective leadership. And, and really, that's the, again, that was what we talked about last week. But that dovetails very nicely with what you were just talking about and what, what actually what we were both just talking about, the fact that people can get locked in on a certain uh, piece, a certain uh, approach to taking action. And if you had done that, as you pointed out, you wouldn't have a caseload. You'd have a, a fraction of a caseload. But you realized that the essence of what you do isn't that you, you help gambling addicts. It's that you help people break out of self-destructive patterns. And when you realize that, then a whole realm of new possibilities came in that you hadn't even thought about before. Exactly, Walt. And, and, and you know, that, that's the – for me, you know, it, the, the, the original – title of chapter seven is organized planning and you you do that by understanding where the need is what is the need where is the need and what do we do with that need and and that's that's so so relevant as our as our audience who who maybe have struggled is is being able to differentiate between, you know, I've, I've, I've shared stories in the past about certain professions, an accountant who eventually started owning a waste disposal company and, and you know, totally out of their realm. 
but he never would have, if he wouldn't have used these techniques, he never would have accepted there's a bigger picture here. And, and that, that's the, the key. There, there always is going to be something. There's always going to be an evolution. I know, uh, you know, one of the, uh, I, I know a family back in the 1980s that had a chain of travel agencies in Florida and they were very wealthy. They sold at a peak of, really at a peak of the market in about somewhere around 86, 87. And they had no idea, nobody did, that in probably 10 or 15 years from then, that there would be no such thing as travel agencies per se. Right. I mean, compared to what they are now, you, you don't need a travel agency. You, you, you go online, you book your own flights. You, 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 there are travel agencies for specialty groups and for corporate stuff, but there, you don't need a travel agency like you used to. There's not one in every corner anymore. Absolutely. I mean, and there, there used to be. They used to be ubiquitous. They were everywhere. But right. but today, oh, I, in fact, I can even tell you a story about a client. Well, we actually, she didn't turn out to be a client. She turned out to be a non-client. <laughs> but uh, this was a woman who was running a travel, an online travel agency from her home in, I think it was Montreal. And interesting that we should talk about Google because she had been one of the people who had learned how to game Google. Now, Google, of course, came to prominence because everybody was gaming Yahoo and Excite and Lycos and all the other search engines of the 90s, and Google figured out a way to defeat that. Well, soon after, a, a friend of mine actually figured out how to game Google, and all of a sudden, everybody started getting into this SEO stuff, which was basically about taking advantage of how Google was put together. And Google eventually defeated that, but until they defeated it, a lot of people were gaming the system. She was one of them. And she was gaming the system so successfully that her little tiny operation was always number one for some of the best searches you could possibly have. Well, a day came when Google defeated the, the, the scammers, the people who were taking advantage of it. They basically overcame what the scammers were doing, and today it's, it's virtually impossible to scam Google. I won't say totally impossible because human ingenuity can always come up with different ways to scam things. But let's, let's just say Google has made it really, really difficult. Well, that basically destroyed her business model because she didn't have marketing. She had no marketing budget at all. Her marketing was scamming Google. And therefore, her pricing reflected the fact that she had spent no money on marketing. So she, she was underpricing the market. Well, to flash forward to today, where now you have these big travel portals, you know, Hotels.com and Travelocity and all these other guys who are able to basically take advantage of their large access to the entire databases of the airline industry and the hotel industry and, and so on and so forth. That model that she had was basically anachronistic. It, it couldn't work anymore. But that didn't stop her. She was bound and determined, not only that she was going to continue to stick with her model, but that her methods of gaming Google were going to continue to work. I, I don't have to tell you how that one worked out. <laughs> right. Yes. Yes, exactly. It, 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 and that's 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 the point of where we're going with, you know, what 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 is organized planning? What is what makes sense? And, and, the, and continuing in Chapter seven is. We need to spend a lot of time here because it helps get the mind in the right mindset of moving forward. Yes. Uh, and, and and how do we get there? What what is the point? You know, to me, I, I can take it. I often will bring people back to the center of what are you really looking for? You you we almost always think we're looking for something that we're not. Are you looking? 
you, you know, you, you it, it's hard to say you want financial security, but yet your behavior doesn't match obtaining financial security. That that that's the stuff where you got to look at the discrepancies. I'm not willing to do this, but I still want this, and that that's where we try to piece it together. At least I have to do it for me. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and in fact, it's interesting to note too. Hill spends a lot of time in this chapter on not starting a business. He spends a lot of time on how to get the job, the ideal job that you want to get working for somebody else. He spends a large chunk of the chapter on that. And it's understandable, given the audience he was writing to at the time in the 1930s, getting a job was a big deal. And it was a deal that 20% of the population, especially in the early 30s, was not successful in getting. That's why we had all the bread lines. So it, it was very poignant. But it's poignant today, too, because... You don't have to be an entrepreneur in order to be financially successful. You don't have to be an entrepreneur in order to achieve your dreams. Now, true, being an entrepreneur does give you the opportunity to go for really big wins in a way that working for somebody else is not necessarily going to be able to give you. But that's not necessarily the end-all, be-all. And I think that's his point. His point is you can, you can have a perfectly successful life working for somebody else. You just have to make sure you go about it the right way. Completely, Walt, and that—that's the—that—that—that's uh, that, my my personal belief that that when I when I try to help people understand uh, what what it is your what is are you seeking? Sometimes working for someone else is a there's no better way to get experience. There's no way, better way to get credibility. Uh, I, I share often the the story of how years ago when I was running a, a treatment center in South Carolina, how I literally had envisioned a treatment center, uh, what I would call just the, the perfect treatment center, where we would be using multiple treatment modalities. We'd be using a lot of holistic approach, a lot of law of attraction. Uh, it, it would be in a uh, idyllic setting in the country somewhere. And as I always said, it, you know, at the time I was working with uh, compulsive gamblers exclusively, and inherent by nature, compulsive gamblers don't have any money. So the concept of this program, there's no way that could ever come about. Yeah, that's, but a, that's I, a tough one to survive in. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 when, you're, when your core audience has no money, uh, it, it doesn't really matter what you envision. So, But I still envisioned it because the, the, the help would be there. And as you know, I, I, I literally fell into almost the exact scenario. Now, it wasn't my treatment center. I, I left that piece out of my manifestation. But I was a director of that situation. And of that treatment center, and and I, I set I set the policies, uh, and, and and was able to treat gamblers for for five years, uh, working in that environment, which gave me even more additional training, which led me to where I'm at right now in private practice. So so it it, it isn't when you're only stuck on on I have to do this myself or I have to do this, and, and you don't realize that there's a always be open. I, I get uh, last year. I got four different jo- significant job offers. Now I'm not looking for a job, but I had people contact me. I had one guy fly in to offer me a job. That's amazing. And and, and I, I I love what I'm doing now. I love the environment that I'm in. But I never once. I did tell the guy not to fly in because I didn't want him to waste his money. Because I, <laughs> that was I, good I, of you. <laughs> yeah, and, and he still flew in, and he offered me an incredible package that. He didn't understand that, but I listened to everything. I told him I would think about it. I, I looked at the, the pros and cons, and, and I like my situation where I'm at right now. 
and if it would have been at a different part of the country, I probably would have taken the job. Uh, it, it's just I didn't want to live in rural Mississippi uh, and and, uh, and and not you know that that's just not the environment that I wanted to live in. No disrespect to our Mississippi audience, it's just not what I was interested in. Uh, but again. It, it, it was amazing that that came my way, and I encourage everybody to not discount anything and and look at, listen, the universe will present. You just got to we, – we, we talk about the guy that walked to the mall that day and, and discovered right. his, his job. You know, I, I every day wake up with the concept of, of I will always walk to the mall and look around. doesn't mean you have to change anything. But listen, never get stuck in, you know, I, I, I laughingly always tell people, my house is for sale. Now, there's no sign in front of it, but there's a number that if you want to buy my house, I'll sell it to you right now today. I, I, I don't want to move, but my house is for sale. It, it, and I, what I mean by that is, it, you know, if, if my house is worth $300,000, and I don't want to sell it for $300,000 today, but if you want to pay $600,000 for my house, come on and buy it. <laughs> you know, it, 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 it's just... <laughs> It, it's out there as I will look at opportunity and and never use any preconceived uh, idea or uh, uh, sort of a, a, a comfort zone. Well, I'm really comfortable where I'm at right now, and I don't want change. Well, that's how we miss out on a lot of stuff. And and I I I, I love a lot of the gurus who say that you know be careful of comfort zones. There's nothing good that takes place in them. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And we we should also point out just because we're committing to staying open to stuff doesn't mean stuff bad stuff's not going to come to us. I mean, it does. We have to learn how to bob and weave, how to duck, how how to get out of the way of the bad stuff, not pay any attention to it, move on to the good stuff. And so we're we're constantly challenged with things. But just because we have the, those experiences doesn't mean it's not worthwhile to stay open, that it isn't worthwhile to, to be aware of what the universe is trying to deliver to us. Because we're, you know, as people who, whether we want to or not, we are constantly engaging the law of attraction, it, it, whether we're doing it subconsciously or consciously, we're doing it. And we do it every time we have a wish, every time we have a desire. Well... When we do that, stuff's going to come our way, and it's going to be in relatively the same vibration, as they say. I never totally got the vibration thing, but it's going to be in the relatively the same vibration as what we were thinking about and what we were wishing for. Well, it may not perfectly match up with what we consciously had in mind. Certainly, these four offers that, that came to you in the last year didn't consciously match up with what you had in mind. But for sure, you were putting out the vibration. For sure, you were putting out similar kinds of stuff that made those things come to you. And if you hadn't stayed open to them, you couldn't have had the opportunity to even decide about it. You couldn't have and had it, the opportunity to even explore it. Well, it, it plus it reinforces – here's the other side of that, and that's a great point, Walt. But here's the other side to me is – it helps internally. It helps with my positive thinking. Other people want me to work for them. Other people want and, and want to pay me really good money to do it. Yeah. That that reinforce. I'm making a choice to stay doing what I'm doing. Uh, but that's a big confidence builder. Oh, it is, and it, and it helps me be more successful here. And and, and it feeds off of uh, off of itself. And you know the 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 idea that uh, one one of my funnier stories is uh, I, I have a friend who's uh, uh, a very he, he practices a very specific form of law. Uh, he's an attorney that that uh, is a 
it, it's a very specific form of law. And, and there really isn't that many opportunities. Well, because there, there's this one company that, that sort of dominates this field, uh, he had a big falling out with and the, the owner of that company who happens to be a friend of mine as well. So my, my friend uh, that was that that sort of was on the outs with this guy, they had the falling out, the one that needed a job, ended up with a personal injury law firm down in Florida hating every minute of it. It, it. For him, it wasn't a good kind of law to deal with, but he was making a living and taking care of his family. And he said, Joel, I'm just miserable in my life. And, I, and we applied the law of attraction, uh, you know, trying to get him to see things differently. I said, you got to open up to the idea. Well, he kept just, just saying, nothing will happen. Nothing will happen. I, no, <laughs> no, you know, and, 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 and we finally broke through it. And he randomly one day, he, he mentioned to me, he, Dave is the, the gentleman he had a falling out with. He said, the next time you talk to Dave, tell him to quit calling me. <laughs> and, and I was like, well, why is he calling you? He, he won't leave a message. He's, be, you know, he's just being, he, I don't know why he's calling me. He wants to prove he's right or something. And, and so I happened to see Dave in New York a few weeks later. I said, what, you know, what, you know, why are you, what's going on with you two guys? He said, he said, look, we had a falling out. He said, to be honest with you, he said, I was wrong. He said, I, I have a new division I'd like for him to get involved with, but he won't take my call. And I'm like, wow. I said, so I told him. So anyway, long story short, those two got together, worked out their differences. They're, they're very happy. The company has grown twice as fast because these two guys really work well together when their mindset's right. But they are, he was so shut down at that opportunity, it wasn't there. The law of attraction will, will work, but you, you gotta, we gotta stop the old, first of all, you gotta get rid, rid of resentments. You gotta quit burning bridges. Yes. You, 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 you gotta be willing to listen and say, wow, if, he can avoid the year of suffering by, by by just answering the phone. And also the other guy could have left a message, which would have been helpful. That, that but, actually but, does help. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, but you, you, you have two stubborn people that are, are, are trying to sort of prove a point when in reality, they, they both benefited by healing this relationship. Yeah. And, 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 that, and I see stuff like that all the time. And I'm amazed that when I see it take place, well, that's one of the good things about what you do, because you you have the opportunity to see all of the different ways that people trap themselves, and you get to help them work through to how, or break through to where they're no longer trapping themselves, where they're giving themselves opportunities that they weren't giving themselves before. And uh, that's got to be really, really satisfying, no matter how you slice it. Um, but well, it is. I'm sure it is. You'll remember, of course, I gave you a call about, uh, I don't know, three or four weeks ago, something like that, because I, I was trying to figure out how to improve my financial situation. And I liked the idea of trying to do, I, I didn't want to be a therapist. Well, first of all, I'm not a therapist. I don't have the training for it. Second of all, I don't really want to delve into the past anyway, but I like the idea of helping people with positivity. So I thought, well, anybody can really be a life coach. I mean, you don't have to have special training for that. You don't have to have special licenses for that. So you can go do that. Um, wouldn't it be fun to actually help somebody get over their things and, and, and explore what it's like kind of in that sense to do what you do? I mean, you do a lot more than what I had in mind, but nevertheless, I thought it'd be fun to do. And so you gave me some really great tips, and I tried to follow up on them. I, I can't honestly say I followed all of them well because – the results proved it. I didn't get this huge influx of new clients, but I finally did end up getting a few people to talk to, one of whom has become a client. 
And an interesting thing has come out of that. I have begun to experience what you experience when you see the breakthroughs and when you see where people are getting themselves stuck. I won't go into this guy's whole situation, particularly since he's had his own therapy he was dealing with, and you know that's outside of my realm anyway. But the one thing I noticed about him was that I was trying to help him get into a positive frame of mind. And as I explored that with him and as I was helping him you know, find different ways, use the Sean Aker techniques and so forth, it began to dawn on me that he had a very interesting characteristic. And I tested it and I found it was true. The man doesn't laugh. I, I, wow. I can't honestly say I've ever run into that. Wow. He doesn't wow. laugh. And I was actually trying, I was telling him jokes. I was, I would, I would say, who's your favorite comedian? He said, Robin Williams. I said, laugh at Robin Williams. You know, <laughs> I love Robin <laughs> Williams too. He says, yeah, but he's dead. I said, yeah, but he's got all these recordings. They're all over the place. And I'm, I'm working with him, working with him and realizing he, when he sees something funny, when he hears something funny, he acknowledges it inside, like, because he's a scientist. His, his background is he's a, an orthodontist, a retired orthodontist. So everything he looks at from a detached scientific perspective. And I'm saying, wait a minute. Laughter is how we engage in life. That's where, you know, we're, we're basically involved in what we're enjoying. If you're going to look at it from a detached perspective, you're never going to enjoy it. <laughs> Wow. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that's so, that, that's so relevant, Walt. I mean, it's, uh, you know, and, that, and that's clarity on your part. Well, actually our conversations have helped a lot. <laughs> well, and, and, you know, I, I, I've always been amazed that, you know, I, I, every day I wake up and I have a, a whole bunch of things that I think about, uh, but I, I, I ask one of my, one of my, I ask myself to be, open to seeing potential that's one of the things i want to every day for not just for me but for for other people i i uh one of the things i love is is i've sort of developed a reputation that's in the richmond area and, and actually from other places too where i get a lot of referrals from doctors and and therapists that really okay we've tried everything let's bring in joel not yeah. that I'm better, <laughs> the last but, gasp effort right <laughs> yeah like like telling the telling the the mom okay this this we we we've tried every medication we tried this well i had a young man come in a few weeks ago and and he uh was his mom described him as well he's a little slow but he's not you know he he, he has a lower iq but but functional and he he's stuck and he's not doing anything well well he's 31 years old and and he, he, I was referred to by a doctor that they tried everything, and and so he and he says, well, he doesn't. He's really tired of doctor. Doctors don't do anything, and he he did, but he would see you one time, one time, and he if, had one shot. <laughs> and, and and so, if, would you consider seeing him? So I I sat down with him, and and nobody ever talked to him in the way of of uh, you know. He started off. He goes, well, you know, I'm a little slow, and I said, well. I, I don't know what that means. What does that mean? He goes, well, I'm not really smart. And I said, well, who, why do you say that? In fact, that you say that. He said, well, I've never been successful at anything. And I said, well, what's the last thing you tried? And he started talking about 10 years ago. And I'm like, well, <laughs> uh, you know, and, and after, by the end of the hour, I, I, I it got him to realize, I said, you, you just bought into this narrative, this story about yourself. And, and it, 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 just applying the law of attraction in one session, 
uh, he was a different person walking out of the door. Wow. I said, you know, and, and you know, he loves dogs, and and I have a, a a friend that has a doggy daycare, owns four of them, and she's always having trouble uh, uh, finding employees, entry level employees, because the job is basically standing in a big open area cleaning up dog poop all day. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, and 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 while ninety percent of us would never want that job, uh, if you haven't worked in ten years and you don't feel have confidence and you have uh, a social anxiety, what better place to start? Yeah. And, and, and you know, and so I called her next day. She was he was working. She called me. She said, "This is the best guy ever. He he just loves the dogs. The dogs love him. The the the, the our, he's so polite to our customers." He call he calls me and says, "I can't believe I found my, my so far my dream job in life. I, I never thought I would be able to work. I'm excited." And and it, it, you know, his mom is calling me going, "My God, what what happened here? Where, where, <laughs> why have we spent ten years pursuing so and and and, and you know the I and I said she said what did you do? And I, go, I didn't really do anything except help him see things differently. Right. And and that's the. We we buy into a narrative that is so false and and but it's relayed in our head over and over. And when we can step back and apply it differently, there is limitless things out there. I've never seen it fail. That's the thing. It it, it never fails. It it seldom works out exactly as you plan it, but it never fails. And that's the hard part to to grasp. Well, actually, probably the harder part. Although I agree with you, that's that's initially the hard part. But I'd say the harder part is being willing to try it at all. I mean, that's yeah. basically what, what uh, your friend there was doing. He For 10 years, he refused to try at all because he bought into that crazy narrative that if he was, not to put too blunt a, a term on it, he was stupid. Well, he wasn't stupid, but he had convinced himself that he was, so he behaved like it. I mean, the programming took very, very well. <laughs> well, and, and he is, he, he you know, as a, he said, well, you know, I'm not really really slow or not really smart. And I go, well, no, you're not. And his eyes got really big when I said that. Uh, I, I said, not because you're not really smart. It's because you've told me that. You believe it. Right. You've, you've labeled it. It, it. A Hershey bar is a Hershey bar because they called it a Hershey bar. You're not smart because you just called yourself not smart. And that's, those are the labels. And we that, that's quite on. a concept right there. That, that one, it takes a while because that's where you first are – Expose the idea of choosing your own destiny. Right. That that's a threat to some people. Right. The the it, we we just we used the 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 word Google before right. um, and, and the company Google before Google labeled what they did and before they became a household name. That word didn't even exist. They 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 were able to dictate what we believe the word Google means. They created a word to describe something. And we do the same thing with us. We create our own labels. We create our own terms. We we buy into it. And it, 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 if if there was another company called Google that that all they did was make uh, uh, tanks for the army, you're going, well, that doesn't match. That's not what I perceive Google <laughs> as. You know, it, it, but it would have if, if that's what Google had been from the beginning. And, that, and, and that's my point. It, 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 we get programmed into our own label. So so in a sense, we have to rebrand ourselves just in, in another way. There, there's a uh, it, this is a great story. And it's funny. I, I, I know it because my grandmother uh, back in, I don't know, 1978, 80, I was a, I was younger and still in school and and uh, 
I, I, I would go to my grandmother's a lot and, and I had a great time always visiting with them. And, uh, she had always struggled. She loved sweets and she always struggled with her weight. And she had a, a weight loss supplement and the name of it was AIDS. Are you kidding me? No kidding. A-Y-D-S. <laughs> Who the AIDS. heck came up with that one? Well, if you think about it, it was meant as a diet aid. It will aid you in dieting. AYDS. Now, this you got you got to go back in time, Walt. There was no other term using AIDS. <laughs> so this was a relatively decent product that that she used. It was chocolate flavored, and I remember it because I would sneak in sneak one or two of them. And the concept was it was very bulky. It tasted a little chocolatey, not great, but it tasted a little chocolatey. And it expanded in your stomach and it didn't make you, it, it allowed you to get rid of hunger. Pretty impressive. It is. With, and, and within a, in fact, as we're doing this, as we're talking about this, I had to go look this one up. I looked on Wikipedia and sure enough, there's the topic about this product called AIDS, which existed in the 1970s before the AIDS epidemic yes. kicked into gear. Like, exactly. Oh my goodness. So, so the label of, of of this product that was actually selling pretty well, uh, doing okay. And, and again, I knew several people, but my grandmother specifically had it. Uh, their label had to be changed, or, and, it, and the company went out of business. And because you, you didn't want to be selling AIDS, right? You know, yeah. What do you buy AIDS? Well, that certainly is a weight loss product. If you get AIDS, I mean, it, it, it's a horrible <laughs> guess, yeah. I, I, not, not exactly the way you had in mind, but no, of course. No. And that that was the sad part of it is so. So again, a label is self induced. You you put a label on yourself. You believe the label, but then when when there's another label that comes along, it changes what you view it. And and we do that internally. And I love that example because it's a reverse way of what we're talking about. Uh, but it, it, it really is relevant to who we are today, what we are today. Uh, you are labeling yourself. We have labeled ourselves. You are living that label. You have, we have our community has the ability to instantly relabel ourselves. And if you believe the label, that's what you really are. It doesn't take time to change. It's that instantly. We believe it takes time to change, so that, that's where the problem comes in. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Because in order to relabel ourselves, we have to be willing to buy into the idea that the new label that we're going to apply is real. And our tendency is to say, but that's not reality. Reality is that the label is this other thing over here, and we resist because that doesn't the, the thing that we're trying to change to doesn't match with our current map of how the world is put together. So therefore, it can't be true. The hardest part is recognizing and applying the idea that we can start with fiction and turn it into fact. That's hard. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and that. You see it every day. You 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 get it. I see it with the foster care population so much. They they are they are sold a very negative self image of themselves. They believe they're less than, and they behave exactly as they believed. You would it's think incredible. too that the the social workers might notice that pattern after a while. 
you you would think, and not to be too critical of them because they they have uh, uh, they have a lot of responsibilities, but they're taught from a negative perspective, and so they're, they're, they're basically caught in the same trap. Right. They they you know, the foster care system is broken. We're working in a broken system. People are judging me. Uh, they they have too many kids. They have they have a, a, a negative narrative going on themselves. The, I know some very good people. Some very good people that there, but it unfortunately. It is one of the the, the lesser of uh, perceived social work jobs. So foster care is sort of like the McDonald's of the social work industry. It's sort of a last resort. And there's actually a positive in there too, I think, because it proves that anybody, even people who are credentialed and degreed, can fall into the same trap. It also proves, and you've proved it numerous times in your own experience, that the, the, the kids you helped – didn't have to have degrees in order to make the change. So we can not have to worry about credentials in order to make changes in our own lives. Anyone can do it. You don't, and, and it's not a terrible thing if you find yourself stuck there because even the most credentialed people get themselves stuck. Yes. That's empowering, yes. really, when you think about it. Yes. And that, that, that's such a, uh, and, and, and I, one of the things that I, and one of my many missions down the road that I want to bring to the table is the, the, the few, uh, social workers that I've been able to, to really sort of get help to see and re-energize them toward their mission become incredible advocates for their kids. They see it differently. They, they, once they get to view, they have an opportunity to, to talk about changing the world. We're worried about, uh, who was sworn in as president last week, but in <laughs> reality, you can really change the world by doing what, what some of these people are doing. Mm, yes. You really can change the world and, and in an incredible way by, 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 by affecting a person's life for generations. You can change their, their kids' kids' life by, by redoing this. But they, they, you know, giving pep talks uh, to these organizations and, and helping them focus on what their mission is and, and not buying into this narrative that we're, we're in a broken system and we're, we're victims of the system ourselves and, and that the turnover rate is horrible. And it's just, you know, the, the one lady described, she had a, a case of 30. She had been in the, the industry for, you know, I don't know, 25 years. She had a case of 30 to 35 on any given time. And mean, and you have to see them once a month. So, you know, you're, 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 and plus go to court, plus do all, it's just an incredible pace they have to keep up. Yeah. And Crazy. she, she did a really good job. And toward the end of her career, um, one of her kids in a tragic situation was, was died in a foster care placement. Oh, that's devastating. Horrible news. This woman worked her into, she, her name gets put in the paper. Because of the foster care system, she was eventually looked into and charged with neglect, uh, found found innocent in a, in a clear. I mean, not. I mean, it was an incredible misjustice she was ever charged. She did nothing wrong. She did everything by the book. But the moment that happens, everybody's looking for a scapegoat, right? And she got, and it 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 just was so. So her whole, you know, her whole negative perception of the whole thing was what a failure I was. I had a kid die. And later, there she received a, a group of probably seventy of her clients that she helped over the years that were doing very well and turned their life around. Got together and made a video for, her and and it, it, it changed her perspective. She, wow. it, it's it's very tragic what happened, but they came to her support, 
and 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 there were countless lives she helped. She did amazing things. But which where was the focus placed on the one yes. tragedy? Yes. And Absolutely. and it and after everything was done, the tragedy the young lady died. It was it was a a, a natural occurrence. Nobody had done anything wrong. Uh, it, it it first thought there was she. You know, they thought something. She had an internal breathing problem. Uh, she she it had a heart had a heart attack at a young age. It was it finally wasn't to the autopsy was complete. They determined all that, but again, the the narrative of it all was so negative, and and I'm excited that she she now she's retired now, it, but she views her her life as a very positive now. Her her foster care and and she she has a picture of the young lady that passed away, and the young lady's family eventually wrote her a letter and said, "We know you did nothing to do this. We're sorry you got all." So there was a lot of healing there, but what there's so easy it's so easy to live in such a negative way that that you know I know we've we've sort of strayed from chapter seven here in a lot of ways but this is what it's talking about this is the exciting piece of the law of attraction is we are our own label makers that's the thing you you make that own label that's exciting to me yes absolutely I, I think this fits in perfectly with chapter seven because it's really talking about all the different ways that you get to control your own label when he's talking about uh, the the positive factors that are involved in effective leadership he's talking about labeling when he's talking about what it's going to take to go get a job um, in an a, in economic environment where there seem to be very few jobs available well that's about labeling it's about labeling yourself as first of all a valid prospect for work and second of all it's about labeling yourself as somebody who's going to succeed that, that's essentially what the entire book is about it's about how to change your mindset so that despite what all of reality is telling you you can say to yourself I am not controlled by reality. Reality has no power over me that I don't give it. And when I choose to change my reality, things happen. Doesn't matter what the economic circumstances are. Doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. That's when change really happens. But you're right. We fall into a pattern over and over again. We fall into that pattern of, oh, my God, one terrible thing happened, so therefore this person is a failure. It, it, it's almost like you know the, the Christmas movie. It's a wonderful life. You know, the lead character, the protagonist, is is horrified because his this uh, building alone is five thousand dollars short because his uncle actually lost the money going to the other bank to deposit it. Right. <laughs> you know, right. Forgetting, of course, that he had put hundreds of people into homes that they never would have had, which was the huge benefit that his, his life provided. And of course, at the end of the movie, he realizes all that because they all come to his rescue and come up with more than five thousand dollars to you know get the bank examiner out of his life. But once again starting with the wrong focus, and fortunately, in, in the case of that movie and in the case of, of this caseworker you talked about, good people came around and said, you know what, this is not the whole story. There's a much better story here. Let's change the narrative. Because that's what it really but, takes, changing the narrative. And, 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 and that's the piece that once you discover that your own narrative dictates your own label, and and that that's where Chapter 7, I think, helps a lot of of... And, and this is a very, as we said, long, in-depth chapter. But if we get it down, you know, organized planning, organized label making, how the steps necessary to label yourself the person you want to be to attract the things that you want in your life and the situations you want in your life. And and there, zero, there's zero 
there's not a, a, I'm trying to come up the best way to word it. There isn't anyone else that can do that for you. Uh, you, you can, you know, I'm flattered that I, I was offered four excellent jobs over the last year, but that they didn't make me happy. I was able to turn that into a positive myself. I, I, I go through life looking at what is this propelling me to do? Everything that happened in my life propelled me to a new level. It took me to another step. And, and by the way, this whole chapter begins with the concept of the mastermind. The story that you just told us about the caseworker is a story of a mastermind. Because in that story, on the one hand, there was the negative mastermind of society pointing fingers at her over the death of this person placed in foster care. And on the other hand, there was the positive mastermind of all the people that had been helped by her in the past coming together and refocusing her. That's what a mastermind does. A mastermind is all about helping you focus. Whether it does it positively or negatively, it's still a mastermind. The same thing is true about the, the uh, It's a Wonderful Life story. Basically, the lead protagonist's friends come together and redirect him to, your life has been wonderful. You've had a fabulous life. You've had so much positive impact on everybody. That's the power of, of, of a group of people focusing together on the same thing for the, a common goal. That's the concept of the mastermind. Well, one, of the, one of the things that happened this week in, in a group session that I run uh, on Tuesdays is I have a young man who uh, uh, an, bad heroin addiction, and through, a cha- through his addiction, he, in a roundabout way, lost his leg. And he's very down on himself and, and uh, he, you know, you're young, you lose your leg and you're, you're, you're not focused on, on what needs to be happening. Well, in group, I saw an amazing thing happen. He has this negative dialogue that has taken place. And this man shows up every week. He has a smile on his face. He's kind to everybody else in the group. And when I pointed out to him, I said, I can't imagine being stronger than you are. You're one of the strongest people I've ever met. You come in here with a great attitude. You want to get better. He never viewed him. He started crying. He mm-hmm. said, I've never viewed myself that way. He said, I said, I said, I don't care what label you've got before. This is who you are today. Then the entire group repeated basically in their own wording. He left. He said, I never felt better in my life. <laughs> that's great. And, and, and that's an amazing thing. The the power of the, the – that was, in a sense, a mastermind community it that was. day, okay. helping lift that man up. A mastermind group can, can do amazing things when we get it together. When we push in the same direction, it is an amazing power. It's a superpower. Yeah, it is a superpower. People often dream of being superheroes. There's a way to be a superhero. Join masterminds. Yes, it, it really works, and it's a gift. It's right out there. It it is an incredible gift that uh, that the universe or God or whatever your your belief system allows you to think that that has been given to humans using it. You, get like minded people together. Let's talk about things. Let's see where this goes, and 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 lift each other up. And and that that's the 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 beauty of a power that is so untapped and and, and the, one of the reasons we do this every week Walt it is it's one of the main reasons because we provide our own mastermind for each other here and for our listeners i mean it it drives us and it keeps us going and it fuels us so absolutely i totally agree 
Um, we've got about 30 seconds left. Just want to remind everybody that you can find us not only here on PRN, you can find us at LOAToday.net. Please do subscribe to the podcast there. You can find us on YouTube. You can find us on Facebook. And next week, you can find us talking about Chapter 8, Decision, The Mastery of Procrastination. And Joel, I don't know about you. I'm looking forward to it. Can't wait. We'll see you all next time here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody. 